this is probably going to be the tightest show we've ever run. degree of off the charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney McKnight in East Tennessee, and I'm joined from New York by my colleague, co-host and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace. Hi. Okay. Elizabeth, tell us what is the anoretic degree and tell us why we are managing it so expertly. Oh, okay. Sure. So the anoretic degree, that's A-N-A-R-E-T-I-C, refers to the last degree of of a particular sign. So there are 30 degrees in a sign. 29 is considered to be the last degree before. So right now, Pluto is at 29 degrees of Capricorn. Last week, Saturn was at 29 degrees of Aquarius just before it changed signs. The last degree of any sign suggests that a planet is at a crisis point in fulfillment of whatever the objective was for that planet as it traveled through that sign. Saturn at the end of Aquarius, an intensity perhaps of getting things done in an authoritative way that could have been helpful to technology or humanitarian slash Aquarius things. Pluto is at 29 degrees of Capricorn. Capricorn in the language of astrology refers to our uh, government and business corporate capitalist structures. Pluto refers to power, resources, and breakdown. Pluto is going to be hanging out at the anoretic degree for a really long time off and on over the next two years. And so we are seeing this reflected in our mundane world with this intensity of who gets the power and the resources in the world. And we're also seeing breakdown of structures that are corrupt. Yeah. But we also yeah. experienced it last week. We were, we talked about it. behind the scenes folks. We were just like, well, we're feeling anoretic <laughs> and we're going to get into that. Elizabeth and I are both renegades from corporate media. We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We offer you an alternative to the corporate media model that manipulates you into working against your best interests. We bring you news from the ensouled universe where cycles within cycles suggest there's a greater consciousness enfolding us, moving through us and around us. It's a larger intelligence extending beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. And our goal is to help you see there is order amidst the chaos and that trusting the universe, not the status quo, is what keeps you calm and hopeful. Why don't you share with folks what it was that you discovered when you ran um, what's known as a composite midpoint chart? Which falls under the category of, yeah, we talk about astrology and what's going on in the world, but what does this really mean for you? How can you use it to you know, live your life better? So Whitney and I have made this decision to go weekly with this forecast. This is an ambitious initiative. You would all agree. So in order to be able to do this effectively, we have to be more disciplined in how we put this show together because we're doing it every week as opposed to every other week where it was kind of whimsical and fun. And if you're familiar with the language of astrology, you may be thinking to yourself, wow, discipline, structure, timeliness, necessary controls to fulfill an ambitious advance, which is Mm -hmm. Saturn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So we're talking about Saturn. So where are we getting the Saturn? So I ran a chart taking Whitney's natal chart and my natal chart, and you blend them together. You take a composite, like a halfway point. If, if our co- creative collaboration had a horoscope, what would it need? How would it function? What would its personality be like? How would, what kind of pressures and opportunities might it experience? Because the composite chart can, you can use it just as you do with any birth chart to see how, what, you know, you know, crises, opportunities, challenges. You can, you can look ahead and see what's around the corner. You can look behind. So I hadn't done this before. 
I hadn't either. <laughs> <laughs> because we're humans and we're living life, right? And and part of what, and there are times when you, ju- you know, obviously we looked at each other's birth chart, but I'd never done the, I just never run it just there at. And it was just so perfect because transiting Saturn is on our composite sun. Our sun is 29 degrees of Aquarius. So, so the, a, and the sun being kind of the plot line and the reason the, we're doing what we're doing. The, and the reason we're doing what we're doing, the essence, the essential nature of what we're doing is, is the very end of Aquarius. So we are here in Aquarius using technology, using astrology to do something humanitarian. We're here to help. So Saturn went over that degree and then is moving on to square our moon in Gemini. Oh, so we're here to be informative and entertaining and intense and clever and give you all this cool information. But right now, our creative collaboration. It well, it hurt. Well, it's we have to get, you know, we're feeling it's because it just was so perfect because I looked at it and I thought we have this ambition. We have to get disciplined. We need we need to have structure. And we see this clearly reflected in our composite chart. So this helps us understand and constructively manage, you know, the opportunities and challenges of dealing with Saturn, because like, I was thinking, well, does that mean I can't sing anymore? Because, (laughs) can we not laugh? Can we not have fun? I mean, how are we going to do, how are we going to manage this Saturn transit in a horoscope that needs to be helpful and entertaining and informative? And here we are. And yeah, so we're organized and we're ready. We're locked. No, I don't want to say we're locked and loaded, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's still with Mars in, in you're uh, locked and loaded because it's up because Saturn is on your bars. (laughs) That's true. I got that shit locked down, but I'm ready to aim and fire. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Anyways. So, so hopefully this little anecdote Put, you know, like as a little light in your head going, wow, you know, this is a way to make practical use of all of this planetary stuff. And it can help you better manage your relationships and understand what are the challenges? What are the opportunities? And how can we still have fun fulfilling the needs of the transit the cycles that we're in? And this Saturn thing that, that is affecting our composite chart is in effect for the whole year. So this is going to be a pivotal year for this creative collaboration mm-hmm, in terms of mm-hmm. getting the word out, structuring it, perhaps, you know, launching it to a new level. We will see. What I love about it is that um, there's fate and free will. And I appreciate you delineating that. Um, and pardon me, listeners, my allergies here in Tennessee are um, terrible. <laughs> but Mar- um, Mars is square Neptune today. Yeah. <laughs> so there we have a prickly, foggy, sense of foggy voice. Froggy, yeah. Froggy, yeah. But what it does for me is it just reminds me of the beautiful dance between fate and free will, because we were moving into this trend that you've just delineated that was there, but that we were unaware of but it's there. It's Mm -hmm. there. We can't deny it. And we cannot undo that. We can't not have it be Saturn at, you know, square our our composite moon, et cetera. Mm -hmm. We can't not have that happen. So that's fate. But what's free will is that we can become conscious of what that means and we can develop ourselves within it and with consciousness. So there is this sort of partnering. Yeah, you hear everywhere anymore, this idea of co-creation. And I don't mean to belittle it, but it's it's just like the word navigate. I find the word navigate is everywhere now. I'm very Saturn and Pisces. But everybody's navigating. We're navigating. We're navigating. Yeah. <laughs> We're co-creating. We're co-creating. Well, just be aware that co-creation is real. Don't let it just become a trope. And this is an example of it. And and really, you know, I love that you've given our listeners an opportunity to consider fate meets free will. And that is where the universe is doing its thing and we are within it. And we have an opportunity to become aware of what the universe is doing and saying, I have an opinion about that and I'm going to act on that opinion. And then you blend and things happen. So, yes. And, and one practical, you know, really seemingly trivial mundane thing you could do in response to a receiving the energy of Saturn, the opportunities of Saturn, which is the energy of necessary controls. We need to have Saturn. Saturn, everyone's like, oh, Saturn is a taskmaster. Oh, I hate it. Well, if you didn't have the, 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 the principle of Saturn, 
you wouldn't have a roof over your head because you'd have no structure and you'd have no reference to time. So you couldn't live in this 3D hologram called Spaceship Earth. Yeah, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm not mad at Saturn. Our membership drive of sorts, where we were asking folks to become patron subscribers at 25% off of the annual subscription price is over. And now that we have mostly straightened out our technical considerations, this, the 29th episode, is the last one before we go to every other week for all. So if you're not a patron subscriber, you will get bi-weekly versions of this podcast and if you are a patron subscriber, you will continue to get us weekly. Thank you to everyone listening for your investment of time and attention, because time and attention are your most precious resources. It's time and attention that lead to love and money. So love and money aren't anything if you don't put time and attention to it. So we know that's what you're doing with us, and we really appreciate it. And if you've not become a patron subscriber, you can still help us with your time and attention. You could perhaps click the whatever form of like button that you find on the platform where you are listening to us. You could leave us honest but kind reviews, and you can share us with others. All of those actions will help us grow, and it is growth that we are after, as Elizabeth has already explained. All right, so on this episode, we have news from the Ensouled Universe, and uh, we're going to look at some planetary patterns being reflected in the headlines, and also what to expect in the days to come. It's a big month, two outer planets ingressing into new signs, Lots of other things happening. We've got Mars straightening itself out by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Also, one last thing, and then Elizabeth, take it away. Elizabeth has posted her strange and wonderful <laughs> transcripts of her trying to uh, have a conversation about astrology with the <laughs> chat GPT AI bot. I find it really smarmy and creepy. It's a really <laughs> weird exchange. Um, But I think people will enjoy it. So that's up there now. And with that, Elizabeth has the headlines as they reflect the current planetary patterns. And she will also share with us what we can expect to see in the days to come, which I am sure a lot of you are starting to wonder about giving the eerie similarities to the 2008 crash of the markets when Pluto was at another anoretic degree. But anyway, so I've talked enough. Elizabeth, what have you got? What have I got? What have I got? Okay, so last week, okay, the big news was Saturn, energy of necessary control, leaving Aquarius and entering Pisces, the waters of Pisces. Um, it occurred to me, so Saturn is super high functioning in, in Aquarius because it rules that sign in traditional astrology. Um, in Pisces, it's in over its head somewhat, but, and this occurred to me last night, in this, I haven't shared this with you yet. I just, I realized this as I was preparing this morning. You mean you didn't interrupt me watching The Voice to share with me an insight? That I you had? didn't know I had, but I had this epiphany. Well, I had this epiphany about why I think things are going to be okay. I think things are going to be okay. Oh, I bet everybody wants to know. Go ahead. Tell no, us. I, this is why I think things are going to be okay. And it also is reflected in how the designated authorities handed this uh, collapse of two big fat banks uh, over the weekend because they did it extremely well. And they did it. And so Saturn in Pisces, as it occupies the first 10 degrees, the first third of that sign, which is going to be in effect all of this year, it doesn't shift over until next year. But right now, it's it's within the first 10 degrees of that, to- of that time, of that sign. And it has some, in the language of classical astrologers, old-time astrologers who assess the capability of a, of a planet by this method of dignity, whether something has dignity, meaning how effective can it be in achieving what it needs. Saturn in the first 10 degrees of Pisces has dignity. It has some measure of effectiveness in the way that, I mean, I equate it with the technical term is by face, but how I translate that is there is an anxious focus about its essence. So Saturn is the energy of authority and control. It's in Pisces. It's trying to be sensitive. It needs to have intuition and empathy and cleanse and heal and forgive. And it's trying to structure that which is unstructurable because Pisces is is not a tangible form unless it just isn't, floats around. It's duality. But Saturn in the first 10 degrees of Pisces does have functionality with an anxious, fearful 
focus. And because it is so anxious and fearfully focused, it can be effective in getting and setting the appropriate controls and boundaries. So I was thinking about that and going, you know what, this, this 2023, we're going to be okay. And we saw that over the weekend because we looked at the patterns last week, Saturn went into Pisces, three other patterns that were interesting last week were harmonious. They were cooperative. Two of them involved the planet Uranus, which is technology and unconventional alliances reaching across the aisle. The sun was in a cooperative connection with Uranus, Mercury, how we need to think, communication, thought in a cooperative connection over the weekend, and Venus, our values, money, also in a harmony with Mars. So there was a lot of energy last week for getting things done. You would have thought that the weekend could be surprisingly effective with people all working together to achieve an an objective. And I was thinking about that this morning because what happened was these two banks collapsed, the Silicon Valley Bank and the and the Signature Bank. The, the Silicon Valley Bank collapse was the, was it the second largest collapse? <laughs> yeah, second largest collapse after Washington Mutual back in 2008. Right. And then Signature, which was a New York-based bank, another tech-savvy tech bank, technology, so the Uranus, the third largest bank. But everybody pulled together over the weekend with Pluto power and resources at the very end of Capricorn, the powers that be in an urgent crisis mode, they pulled their resources together and they made everything quote, okay. They made everything okay, except the markets are down this, this week, but we knew that we expected, we expected volatility this week. I, I expected volatility because we have a pattern this week between Venus, which is at the very end of Aries. So it's at a crisis point, the energy of money and values at a crisis point, squaring Pluto. Anytime you have a challenging aspect between Venus and Pluto, I I anticipate volatility in the markets, money, because there's tension. I'm not a financial astrologer, but I can still make that statement with confidence that in a week with Venus in a challenged by the outer planets, you're going to see, you're likely to see some dramatic shifts, which is what we have today. Yeah. Well, I have some questions for you. Okay. So that come to mind are, you know, I've already mentioned that last time we had this kind of panic um, or just like, uh Oh, what's going to happen was 2008. And we had Pluto at the 29th degree of Sagittarius mm-hmm. and it wobbled. It went 29 and then or it, it went like 28 and a half. And then it retrograded a little bit and then it came back and then it was at 29 and it was at 29 pretty much at the same time that we had to pass the TARP. I've forgotten what TARP stands for. That was being administered at the time that Pluto hit the anoretic degree. And then um, it went into zero degrees of Capricorn. And that is when we had just, I mean, they were calling it the great recession, but it was, it was cat sick. I mean, it was just, (laughs) it was gross. It was horrible. And, and it was, um, it was devastating. So I have to ask, do you think there's a way that we will face that kind of devastation again soon as Pluto hangs out at 29, dips into Aquarius zero degrees, and then goes back? That's my first question. And then if so, and maybe not if so, but either way, coming up with the Aries point of the new moon on the 21st, and then the Aries, um, the new year beginning, so the um, the the spring equinox, it'll be easier to see what kind of chicanery has been going on. As in, in other words, like things mm. are going to get exposed. Do you think so? The longer Pluto hangs out at the last degree of Capricorn, I think the more corruption and rot will be exposed. And when we have a brief window after March 23rd, until Pluto retrogrades back into Capricorn in June, the, the par- you know the rules of the game you know people who the people who are going to be clamoring for power and resources won't be the corporate status quo it's going to be more um, egalitarian it's going to be the people the way it was the last time pluto went into aquarius was after the american revolution coinciding with the french revolution where the king got his head chopped off 
and people who are perceived to have, you know, all the toys in the world um, and all the privileges were facing some pretty serious consequences. There was a demand for more humanitarian civil rights. We talk about when we look at the last time Pluto is where it is now, you know, there were, there was a, there were two bloody revolutions. Yeah. What could happen? Well, I doubt we're going to see people's heads being cut off literally, but I do think what we're going to see is something that leads to a complete reformation of some kind or a new, Mm -hmm. a new body, a new thing. And I have no idea what that's going to look like. I just know something new is coming because Mm -hmm. that's what cycles show us. Random thought. I don't want to go down this path just yet, but I'm going to throw this out here. Pluto and Aquarius. One thing that occurred to me, uh, I'm seeing on the Twitter today with our Mars. Stop calling it the Twitter. You just sound like grandma, not grandma. I'm I'm great grandma calling the Twitter. It's the Twitter. Um, uh, There is, there is a lot of stuff coming up about Jeffrey Epstein and Mars. This today we have on the Ides of March, Mars is exactly square Neptune, huge, huge, hugely important. Uh, pattern because it is the third in the cycle of Mars being square to Neptune since Mars went into Gemini 10,000 years ago in August um, and brought <laughs> the known, word. Also known as August 2022. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, in August, 10,000 years ago, which brought us the word that we now have a weaponization. We have a committee in our Congress focused on the quote weaponization of government. The, the actual word weaponization has become a thing. Pluto is sitting right on Jeffrey Epstein's either 29 degree Capricorn sun, which feels more appropriate to me. We don't have a birth time for him. The sun changed signs on the day he was born. So we don't know for sure. Uh, We don't have a recorded birth time, but this Pluto is sitting on his sun. And it's, so it's going to be doing this for the next two years. And so somehow his essence is tied into this Mm. breakdown and exposition of Mm. the rot in our governmental structures and the power plays and the catharsis. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So I'm throwing that out there, but now getting back to your question about patterns that suggest, you know, crashes in the market and stuff. I used to work at CNBC and I learned a lot about the markets and how things work and things I didn't learn in college or real life even because we're not exposed to these things. Market bubbles tend to happen under planetary cycles that involve Neptune, which is illusion. Things are not as they, as they seem, ideals. Saturn, in a challenging aspect with Neptune, can be reflected in real life as, wow, that thing over there looks like it's worth a lot when in fact it's not. And so bubbles can happen. My question was, what's going on astrologically when a bubble pops? And so back in 2015, because the market at that time, when I was looking at that, the market was just ridiculous. It was like under 9,000, I think, when I started working at CNBC, and then it had gone to 14,000. And now it's it's like even doubled on that. It's just, it's insane. It's yeah, fake. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. fake. It's completely fake. It's totally fake. Okay. I remember so- when it hit 10,000 and people were just like, this, this is even people who were who were profiting greatly off of it were just like, this is not true. This can't be real. <laughs> right. This can't be for real. But people believe and so it is so. And that's kind of how the world works. Anyway, so when does the bubble pop? All right. I looked back at some crashes and you know, even the tulip bulb scandal in, in Holland a million years ago, where, you know, tulip bulbs were like mm-hmm. the hottest thing since French bread and everybody had them and they were worth a fortune at that time. And then all of a sudden they weren't worth that much anymore. It devastated the the Dutch economy. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. first real Western capitalist market crash that we mm-hmm. As a as a case study, but yeah, it was mm-hmm. the same kind of thing. We had the housing market; they had the Dutch tulip market. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, okay, what pops a bubble? What produces a shock? What is a lightning bolt of revelation? Uranus, Saturn, engaging with Uranus, the principle of reality, meeting up with the lightning bolt of clarity. You can think of it as 
the tower if you if you have the rider weight tarot deck uh the tower card of the lightning i'm, I'm gonna say we want to call it the Waitsmith smith because writer was the printer and he paid zero money to pamela to, coleman smith you're right yeah. okay so saturn in hard aspect in a tense aspect with uranus which suggests a bubble popping and when i was looking at this back in 2015 i'm going okay when's that going to happen and i was astonished to see that we didn't have a hard aspect a challenging aspect between Saturn, principle of reality, and Uranus, shock, change, until 2021. So that led me to conclude that this market's going to keep going gangbusters at least, mm. at least for the next seven years. Too bad I don't play the markets because I could have followed my own. But I'm not. I don't, I don't pretend to be a financial. Believe me, do not take my advice. I'm just. I am not a financial advice i am not okay do not follow my advice financially just no but you know what, what? It, i i we, we do know of some financial astrologers it may be worth interviewing a few of them but yeah um, but anyway okay so what anyway you so so, so okay right so and and in the, the big fat crash of of 2008 we see saturn in virgo opposing uranus okay so there was a shock to the system and pluto is at the very end of sagittarius we did not have a big fat crash, although we did. The crypto market started to fall apart. So that was the thing that fell apart. And it fell apart. Um, started well, that's interesting because that was kind of made up anyway. That was the bubble, right. But the actual yeah. stock market has stayed relatively intact, but we didn't have the big devastating crash that I yeah. thought. We so that's really interesting. So what do yeah. you think? Okay, so then I'm thinking about the fact that Uranus is in Taurus, a fixed sign, and Saturn had been in Aquarius, a fixed sign. Mm -hmm. So do you think that the fixity of the signs where these two planets were speaking to each other um, might have made a bit of a softening, you know, given a softening effect to any crashes? And now that Saturn is in Pisces, mm -hmm. what do you think is going to come up? So I, that, that is exactly what I, I was thinking, the fixed nature, because what we saw, the fixed meaning is uh, that it's just a stubborn, it needs to have form, Uranus is in an earth sign, you know, whatever. We had, we were talking last fall about log jams. Things were not moving as Saturn and Uranus were in this tense pattern. Not, nothing was moving. And so I think in a way it was kind of help holding, holding the form. Wait, wait, Uranus, and, when, and when they were retrograde? Even when they were retro, yeah, even when they were retrograde. So we had three Saturn Uranus squares in 2021. Yeah. No, and I was then, thinking that the re I thought you were saying the retrograde was actually protective. I think what was protective was another pattern that was facilitating bubbles. And that That's was the Jupiter Neptune conjunction of mm -hmm. April. 12, 2022. Right. So even though we had we had this tension between reality and hello wake up saturn and uranus there was this dream these seeds of the imagination and hey it's whatever you believe it's whatever you want to believe that and were we planted. were telling people how great that was too i remember a couple of listeners writing and we're like i didn't win the lottery that day and, <laughs> whatever. and i was like that doesn't mean the day sucked okay <laughs> a new structure has to be born but i think right now with saturn having some functionality because of its anxious, fearful focus, it's going to be moving deck chairs around madly to prop things up and it's going to work. So the thing that I wanted to add with respect to the collapse of these two banks, astrology has so many charts we can look at to understand the logic of what's happening. We can go back and look at the chart for the full moon, the last full moon, and you can see the setup for the drama that played out the week after. You can go to my forecast and read what I wrote about the full moon in Virgo earlier this month. You see the setup. The sun is focused in the 12th house. It's a behind the scenes thing. And this is a lot of what we're seeing with respect to this bank. Everybody's working overtime on the weekend. No one, everyone else is watching the Oscars or the season finale of The Last of Us. And no one is really seeing how Janet Yellen, who has no earth in her horoscope, as far as we know, uh, practicality in her horoscope is, is putting this stuff together out of magical thin air. Hmm. The question that comes up out of this, okay, everything's fine. Your deposits are protected. Don't worry. This isn't going to tank the economy. Is the fact that these people and have payroll and employees 
they were protected. They are the corporate structures. What about the people who are not in that group of money yeah. class? Exactly. This is That's- what Pluto. This is what Pluto and Aquarius, as it dips its toe into the waters on mm-hmm. March twenty third until June. I think mm-hmm. we're going to see more of a debate on. Well, right. how come? How come right. I can go and become bankrupt? when I can't pay my medical bills in this country? And how come there can be mortgage fraud, like we had that before, and I can be right. promised the moon with Pluto and Sagittarius. And then then when I can't make my payments because I was lied to or whatever, I'm not protected and I lose my home. This, exactly. is, this yeah. is what Pluto and Aquarius, I think the debate will be based on the fact that these guys were protected. Yeah, that would be the right question because what happened with Pluto moving into Capricorn for the last 20 years mm-hmm. was it was the structures that got protected, but it also showed us how corrupt the structures are. Now we're seeing that at the 29th degree. Mm-hmm. And at the 29th degree of Sagittarius, what blew up was exactly what you were talking about before, that kind of exuberant unreal bigness of the markets that couldn't be sustained because it wasn't real. And that's kind of very Sagittarian, this kind of expansive, optimistic, huge sugar daddy kind of energy Mm -hmm. in that respect. So that Mm -hmm. fell apart. So Mm -hmm. then, but then when it landed in Capricorn, Pluto being what I'm talking about here, when Pluto landed in Capricorn, it seemed like it was giving the corporate structure, all the breaks. So now Mm -hmm. it's going to most likely because we are expecting some kind of revolution. Pluto's going to say, all right, we're in the Aquarian sea. And that means I'm going to hand the power to the people and it's yours to do what you should do with it. Now prove you can prove you can, because when it handed all this power to the corporations, the structures were so rotted that it couldn't sustain what they had been saying. So in a way, it was kind of a carry-on from Sagittarius. Well, you spoke this big game during Sagittarius. We focus on what's happening at the time, but there's always the aftershock. So the aftershock of the Sagittarian energy crashing was being uh, dealt with while Pluto was moving through Capricorn. Now it's going to be moving through Aquarius and the structures are going to be seen to be unsustainable. They're going to fall apart, but it's still going to be up to us as individuals to take the opportunity to do good things with it. But but the guy who was in charge of, of Silicon Valley Bank, was it Lehman Brothers? What did he learn? Wow. That's, that's the first thing. The, the second thing that comes to mind is Kamala Harris. It was Kamala Harris who really came to the fore and stood up on behalf of just the common person who was really hurt by the collapse of the housing market. And, the, and the, um, she's the one who fought as the attorney general in California, for there to be some kind of compensation to people who were victimized by these banks like Wells Fargo, who Wells Fargo, yeah, in my mind, remain the most evil bank Mm -hmm. ever to perpetrate its evil seed on this country. Mm -hmm. And I have personal reason to feel that bitter about it, uh, because they just made shit up and nearly ruined my life. And I will not ever forget that. So, no, there are horror stories ad infinitum about Wells Fargo. It is fascinating. Do, it, was, it was Kamala Harris who said, all right, we're going to do something about this. And she flexed her muscle as an attorney general of a state. And so keep that in mind too, because we do see a lot of attorneys general um, rumblings around things that that um, the Republicans are not able to push through at the federal level. level so they're trying to do it at the state level. But you know, it can be used for good. And it was Kamala Harris who, who, uh, who did that. And as I recall, I don't have her chart memorized. I have her chart memorized because I have been writing about her chart for years. And I am so happy that you've mentioned her name and it is appropriate to mention her name today because that's, I told everybody because Kamala Harris, I've I've been saying this, this all last year. Okay. Transiting Neptune, the principle that dissolves whatever it touches has been in a hard aspect, a challenging aspect to her Gemini ascendant. We talked about, you know, why is she leading Space Force and being given the impossible task of solving the U.S. immigration challenge? Okay, that's just ridiculous. There's no way. Well, yes, that's what happens. That's what can happen when Neptune, the principle of ideals, you know, and kind of out there and victimization. Drapes a cape over your shoulders. There's a cape over your shoulders and says, go be a superhero. And by the way, here's an apple and a corkscrew, and that's all you have to work with. Make it, you know, so, MacGyver. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's, it's like, how oh, you're going to do this? But her horoscope, as we have been saying on the show and in my forecast, 
She is stepping into such power and gravitas right now. She has yeah. to. I was seeing in my mind some kind of Pluto activation in her chart. So, well, yes, absolutely. Transiting Pluto. Okay. She, she was born on a full moon, sun in Libra, driven by the need to be number one, pioneering Aries, 27 degrees, Aries, Libra. Pluto has been squaring that all last year as she's been kind of wiped out by this Neptune thing that happened. Neptune is now off of her ascendant. Finally, Mars today, as we're talking about this, is is on her 24 degrees ascendant, I think within within minutes. So the fact, so she's already charged. Saturn is moving. She just had her Saturn return. Her Saturn is at 28 degrees of Aquarius. Just hit it. She only gets one hit of it. And the next stop is the top of her chart, her midheaven. She has to step into her authority. She has to, or she has the opportunity to do so if she chooses to be recognized for her authority in a certain position. That is what she's dealing with all this year. So she's going to be seen as carrying a lot more weight. And we're seeing it. You know, she's over, you know, she was on in Munich representing the United States. She, she was the face, I think of, I think, I think where I think she was the one who articulated, uh, you know, we're going to take a stand against Russia if they keep messing with certain things at that, that, that gathering in Munich last month. Anyway, she was the face of it. Definitely well, and not. And also they, yeah. And then just speaking of Russia and then, you know, smashing our yeah. drone down out of the sky yesterday. Mm. Yeah, that went. So that's okay. So this that's reflecting the current the, the crazy patterns we have going on this week. We have a warrior action involving a, a surveillance, spies, Mars, the energy of action, and and combat and courage, challenging Neptune, which is you know spy versus spy, intrigue. Things may not be as they seem. We also had a we're kind of segueing in here to the to the headlines reflecting this week's Take it planetary away. patterns. I'm taking away. We're going there because we're going with the flow. Um, you know, there was a, a treaty announced uh, yesterday or the day before between Australia, the UK and the United States. They're going to build a bunch of nuclear powered submarines in the Pacific. So you've got the nautical themes of Mars. So so Mars is squaring Neptune, it is squaring the sun in Pisces, it is squaring Mercury in Pisces, Mercury, how we need to think, communication is challenging Mars, so is the sun. So there's a lot of action, action attacks, courage involving nautical themes, toxicity, everything related to Neptune, oceans, um, oil, oil is 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 a Neptune thing. Okay. And also Pluto news from underground. And so, you know, Biden and I don't, the Biden administration, they didn't announce it per se, but he signed this big, uh, in, he gave the go ahead to this drilling project in Alaska this week, which upset people who said, Hey, I thought you said you were not going to approve any more drilling on federal lands. That actually is a department of they topic. Most of the headlines that I have seen. Uh, are, you know, Biden just betrayed the planet and his own campaign vows. This is on The Guardian, right? Uh, you know, Biden's approval of Willow Project shows inconsistency of U.S.'s first climate press president. This is from The Guardian, along with forever chemicals uh, found in toilet paper around the world, which is another appropriate Mars-Neptune headline, because uh, it's going into the sewage, which is Pisces and Saturn. Um yeah, so so the I I don't know who's not doing their job, but uh, you, know, you know on the Twitter, Twitter is wonderful. Um, there was a long thread suggesting that hey he he his hands were tied and he actually scaled the thing back um, by forty percent, and that was reported. But it's like the two stories were not integrated. In yeah, as, as you're talking, it. I'm looking at um, a source that I go to that is, um, here's what the right, here's what the left, here's what I say. That, what you just said, it's not mentioned. So this press release that you've already sent me that states how he actually made a bad situation better, not worse, and didn't break his word, I'm not seeing that reported anywhere. So is the Department of Information from the government, whichever one this is coming from, is it? are they lying? I don't know. 
Okay, okay. let's talk about Mitch McConnell. Let's and talk about Mitch McConnell. This also brings up a really good couple of um, just kind of like, how do we approach this as astrologers questions? Okay, so the, th- ah, yes, it does. So Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell is a poster child for receiving. For a lot of things. <laughs> for a lot of things. But I wouldn't hang him in my dorm room. No. Well, at least I wouldn't put a poster. poster anyway. Anyway. Well, I would. I, <laughs> that came out funny. All right, I might end. Well, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hang. I wouldn't hang him. I wouldn't hang Mike Pence either. That would be just wrong. I wouldn't do it. So Mitch McConnell is a poster child for receiving Saturn in Pisces because we do know that he was born on February twentieth, nineteen forty-two which means his son is at one degree of Pisces and Saturn. I think there's still at zero degrees. He's got a couple, it might, it might be at one today. I'm not sure, but it'll be on his son exactly uh, with this month. And so we, and so last year when we were looking at, Oh, what's going to happen with the 2022 midterms, we could use the observation that, well, Mitch McConnell's going to be having a hard time. He's going to be squeezed. He's going to be limited in his in in his in his in his authority. Mitch McConnell will be limited in his authority. We that. know this. I, mm-hmm. I know we said that. And you, bright person that you are, said something that I didn't want to put out there, but but it was absolutely correct. It was absolutely correct. You know, you said eh, health crisis. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. That's the that's always yeah. the first thing I go to, but yeah, yeah, but you said don't do that. So, and, and when we're going to talk about why, so I also oh, why? Gave, another, yeah. I gave another explanation, which I said, um, you know, he was, remember what I said, I said, he's going to have thoughts. He's going to have opinions about something and we're going to find out about it. And both mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he had opinions he wanted to share about mm-hmm. what the heck Tucker Carlson is doing. And then he fell down the stairs, <laughs> so, yeah. which is a health well, which is the health, which is the health crisis. And, and so it is unfortunate. You know, I'm not, I'm not delighting in the fact that the man who's 81 years old is hurt. It's more like, you know, like, you know what, the astrology is going to tell you what's going to happen. It is. Yes. And so not only does he have the Saturn on the sun, which absolutely, I mean, I, I will not hesitate to tell any client, particularly if they're of a certain age, when the energy of Saturn, when you're receiving Saturn, which and on the sun, which is in, if you use it in medical astrology, it represents your vitality. So it suggests that there needs to be, for some reason, some controls or limits on your vitality. You need to be uh, discerning in the responsibilities you take on because you're probably going to be asked to step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. We see Sun-Saturn challenges in the horoscopes of people in midlife who suddenly must manage aging elders in their life, their parents become a responsibility. So the health crisis doesn't happen to them personally, but they have to deal with somebody else's limitations. Yeah. I was hesitant to say, oh, it's Mitch McConnell, a public figure, and he's going to have a health crisis because he's a public figure. And, and, you know, if, if, if the world leaders really understood how much information is being given away, when by having X, when we know, <laughs> when we, know we have a birth born. time, when we have a birth time, we don't have a birth time for Mitch McConnell, but we still can say a lot of things that are accurate. You know, the next step for Mitch McConnell, he's dealing with sun. Saturn is on the sun all this year, especially um, this fall when the U.S. is going to experience a return of the of the the energy of Pluto on Pluto. So all this power and resources, a lot of corruption is is likely to come out. A lot of urgency is going to come out. You know, wherever the United States' internal government is this fall, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. that is happening, mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell will have Saturn sitting on top of his sun for a yeah. period of weeks, untethering. It's going to break down. It's going to break yeah. down the ties that he is accustomed to having and the control he is accustomed to having over things. Yes, because as you so aptly point out, there is another pattern that's going to say, uh-huh, yes, and there's another testimony, testament to this pattern. The planet Uranus, the energy of change and disruption and liberation will be on his Mars-Saturn conjunction in Taurus. Mm-mm-mm. So translation, 
Mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell has Mars conjunct Saturn, militantly disciplined mm-hmm. in the application of authority and, and assertion. Scary. In the, in, the, in the arena of Taurus, which means they are building empires mm-hmm. of stability for better or worse. <laughs> okay. So Mitch McConnell will have Saturn on his sun, limiting his authority and vitality as Uranus sits on Mars and Saturn, disrupting that militant discipline, possibly prompting recklessness and accidental happenings. He's just going to, here, here's my translation of that. Okay. His power is going to come to an end. Perhaps. Yeah. 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 So, so thank you for that. So the other points right. um, I wanted to make, which were that um, you've already kind of cleared this up for folks. We don't know the time. It is what's called a rectified horoscope, meaning that um, and there are some people who specialize in this. Somebody, some astrologer was able to look at the significant events in Mitch McConnell's life and determine going backward, okay, if that happened at this time, then that probably meant this, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a a good guess that he has Pluto on the ascendant, but we don't know for sure. And that is um, usually determined by something called the Rodden rating because uh, what was her first name? Is Lois. Lois. Was an astrologer who um, got fed up with, <laughs> well, let's use this chart, but you know the chart might have been a crap chart. So mm-hmm. she came up with a system of this is information that we have verified by a, an actual birth certificate. Okay, it's double A rating, so it's just mm-hmm. like um, you know bonds, stocks and bonds, treasury bonds, and and, um, and so forth. So if you are ever looking for um, to do this kind of sleuthing yourself, make sure that the rating on that chart is at least a B, I would say at least a B. And then you can kind of have some confidence, but you should still qualify the fact that it's a B. I wouldn't really use C rating. I wouldn't, especially not in our work that we're doing for mundane uh, predictions and so forth. The best is double A and A is pretty good. So, you know, just make sure that wherever it is, you get your information, it's been sourced and it's been sourced accurately. So I'm going to tell our listeners the best place to get this kind of information that's been sourced and verified. And that's Mm -hmm. at astro.com. There are a lot of websites out there more than there used to be back in the day. I would take anything you see on a website that is not astro.com with a grain of salt, because on astro.com, the horoscopes that are posted there have this rodden rating with notes on where the birth time came from. Was it Lizzo's? The actual, yeah, that's where the actual Rodden Library is. That's, that's where, the exactly. Yeah. So that is that's the gold standard. And when astrologers present charts at conferences or and publish them in magazines or whatever, we are required to state our source. Well, and then um, and then this, the other thing that I wanted to just say is is that um, you know the reason why we had this back and forth over whether or not we should allow me to say on on our show, hey, I think Mitch McConnell's going to have a health crisis, is. Um, is what? I mean, because I didn't have any. Um, oh, you know, there's, there's some, you know, do we really want to be? I mean, yes, there are public figures, but they're also human beings. What does it serve to tell the general public that Mitch McConnell is going to have a health crisis? I don't know if that's fair to him as a human being. So it's an ethical question. Do you really do? Should an astrologer be electing a time for somebody to be born? You know, that's something every astrologer has to wrestle with, you know? Well, as an astrologer, I would not do that. And secondly, I don't see this as as, um, synonymous. I don't. I, I, I would see it as Mitch McConnell as a public figure who has power over my life. Uh huh. Yeah. So my point is. I'm not predicting his death. I'm predicting a particular combination of the planetary patterns, which suggests to me his health will be compromised. And that's all yep. I was saying. And yeah, I, don't see, to, yep. I, I don't see a problem with that. Now, yeah. if we're talking about individuals' private lives, whose job is not to be private, I mean, yeah, whose job is to have power over my life as a citizen, I really think that the rules are a little bit different. And I, I okay. could change over time. It's a totally, 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 totally valid. It, it, my point is, is that it's something that the astrologer has to, they, you know, we as astrologers consider these factors, you know, and, and decide what we're going to do with the powerful information we have access to 
because we know what day someone was born. And even more so if we have a birth time, it's a responsibility. It is, absolutely. And, and, that, and, and you're and you're saying, I have no problem telling people that Mitch McConnell has is having a health crisis. I mean, now that he has had the health crisis, I'm more than happy to talk about when I think these things are going to come back and why. Um, but I, I wasn't complete, and, and I'm, and I may even agree with you. I just wasn't there yet when we talked about it last time. It's not. I don't think it's a cut and dried thing. But I guess to put a finer point on it, as much as I can, given that's a little squishy, it's Saturn and Pisces. Is that um, it's um, it's one thing to say this man has power over my life, and I see um, uh, a pattern that suggests his his power will be compromised in some way. And, you know, I'm not saying specifically, oh, I see on this day is when the day is that he's going to fall down the stairs and get a concussion. I didn't know that. I wasn't saying that. I was just saying, here's a dip in his effectiveness because Mm -hmm. it looks like he's going to have a health crisis. And that's about as specific as I got. Mm -hmm. And given his age, I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, exactly. Astrology doesn't, I mean, there is also common sense. There's always common sense in this. You Mm -hmm. don't need astrology regarding elective astrology, where somebody can come to you and say, help me choose a particular time where an event would go the way I want it to, such as the birth of a child. That to me, that starts to play with fate. And that to me starts to say to the gods, I know better than you do. And I, I will say in the few times where I've done that with um, timing, something like around a marriage chart or something like that, um, you don't get the last word. <laughs> the gods get the last word. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. So you, either, you know, it's kind of back to where we started with the idea of we were in sync with our planetary patterns, whether we knew it or not. Yeah. You don't have to believe that astrology has validity because astrology believes in you and it's going to be reflected in your life, whether you believe in it or look at it or not. So should we, um, do you want to talk about the Oscars or shall we'll say one thing because we made a, I made a prediction. Okay. It was a soft night. Generally speaking, as I've said before, there was a lot of cooperation going on. So there's, so there wasn't a lot of room for people to be cranky, but the potential for people to be cranky was evidenced on Monday morning by a square attention between the opinionated Sagittarius moon and Saturn, suggesting loss and grief and control. From my perspective, what I saw was people were upset because certain people were not included in the in memoriam section, you know, celebrating the lives of people who passed away last year. Like mm-hmm. Mira Sorvino is in The Guardian, very upset that her father, Paul Sorvino, was not included. I know. It's like, what were they thinking? And there were other people like Anne Hesch, who died terribly tragically in a car accident. Why the heck wasn't she in there? I mean, you know, she, so, so there were a number of people. So, so, so that's what people were being cranky about is, Hey, people were, people's departures were not properly honored. And you made a point that, um, the moon was in Sagittarius. This is foreigners. Okay. Let me just back up and just say, I wouldn't have been cranky. I'd have been upset. So I don't want to say that it was crankiness. I would say that definitely was uh, that those were two gre- egregious oversights, particularly, yeah. you know, but definitely Anne Heche as yeah. well, especially because Anne Heche's death was so s- sensational and it was so horrible. Yes. And I don't mean sensational, like, wow. I mean like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. For, for those um, who don't remember, she, she, a uh, fiery car crash that demolished someone's home in Mar Vista, yeah. California. And she lived for a while with these horrible burns, you know, it, and she, it was a fiery. Yeah. It was nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was tuned in very eager to see whether or not the Banshees of Inisharan and also Ankalin Kuhn, um, which is the Irish for a silent girl, a quiet girl, rather a quiet mm-hmm. girl, if they were going to be decorated um, at this Oscars. So I was tuned in by reading the Irish Times to the fact that exactly as you predicted, there would be some crankiness because, and there was some back and forth with um, Colin Farrell. He said, I already made my comments and it had to do with the night before on Saturday Night Live. They did a skit where they made fun of the Irish actors who were all being on, who had all been nominated. And they were just making fun of how you can't understand them because their accents are so thick, even without being drunk. And you know, that's <laughs> okay. rightly offensive to, to Irish people. And they're uh, on top of it, Colin Farrell is you know, he's dry. He used to have a very serious problem with alcohol and he doesn't drink. Uh, anymore. So, you know, I mean, it's just like, 
Wow. Oopsie. And, you know, <laughs> so there was controversy and it was, it was, it was justifiable. And to me though, it was, you know, there was this whole thing about, well, but is it funny? You know, what is funny anymore? And, and is what is left that we can make fun of anymore? Cause we've always made fun of other people in our comedy in this country. Don't have an answer, but I just felt like, you know, especially for what it's worth, you know, I'm learning Irish and I speak Irish poorly, but I speak it. And so I'm, the more you learn somebody's language, the more you tune into the, to the culture and you mm-hmm. start to feel the sensitivities that they feel. And I, I was actually like, hey, really, they did that. Why would they do mm-hmm. that? <laughs> you know? Even if you could be like, yeah, I guess it's funny. And, you know, so I'm just, I'm honest about the fact that there's an ambivalence that I feel, although I never identify as Irish American. I never do. I just, I don't. And I have reasons for that, but I am. I mean, that's my ancestry is Irish. So I just don't think that way. But it just, it was a really um, curious moment for me as somebody who has invested time in learning the language and um, is, is looking at the mythology of the country and thinking how ignorant it was to make fun of, <laughs> to make fun of these people. <laughs> it just, it just seems suddenly ignorant to me where in the past, it wouldn't have been something I wouldn't have even been sensitive to. So it's just interesting how we can all change. We can all change and the boundaries are dissolving and the more we can see ourselves in mm-hmm. each in the eyes of each other, you know, this us versus them, you know, there is the people who are, are happy to see us divided against each other. They love it because the more they can create okay. division, yeah. like, I don't like this transgender person, so I'm not going to let doctors perform surgeries or give medications that tactic is beloved by those who do not want us to thrive the more we can see ourselves in each other so everybody then this is the lesson of pisces we are no you're making an excellent point who's benefiting by by any anything out there that seems ugly or whatever who's profiting from this well, you know, what's interesting, Elizabeth, is, is that I've actually written about this and it's been one of the most read of my posts over a documental where I, I wrote it again, who profits yeah. off you hating me was the title. Yes, of- yes, yes, yes. I wrote that last year. Who profits off of you hating me? That's a function of the hierarchy. When you can pit people against each other, making them each think that if they are privileged in some way, you don't get the resources, then you will fight. And as you are distracted by hating the person or the group that you think is going to get more than your fair share, you don't notice the fact that there's plenty for everyone and that there's actually somebody profiting off of you thinking that you're, there's not enough. That's going to go the way of the structures collapsing as Pluto moves in to this. To this Aquarius. Okay, next week, big events next week. The sun enters Aries. This is known uh, as the Aries ingress. It produces a chart that we can use to map out the whole year. We will do that. And we will review what the Aries ingress from 2022 suggested would happen. And we will show you how that evolved. There will be a new moon in Aries, which is going to map out things for the month. And then we have this big, 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 big deal of Pluto entering Aquarius for a little test drive until um, sometime in June. Big stuff. I hope you are invested in our show and because we want to tell you all about it. I know I do. We've got Moon and Gemini. We need to tell you. We need to keep you informed and entertained. Remember, folks, if you are not able to invest your money in what it is that we're doing, you can invest your patronage in another way. You, you can like us. You can hit the little heart on uh, the Substack platform. You can tell others about us. You can leave nice comments. Tell us what you like, what you'd like to hear more of and so forth. All of your engagement that we can see happening is an investment that we can use to help ourselves grow. So we really appreciate it. And we don't just see it as us growing. We see it as our community growing. So Mm -hmm. you're investing in yourself in whatever way that you choose to do this. And we're just, we remain very grateful and, and, and committed. So thank you for that. Today we're recording on the, on the Ides of March, right? So, so my, one of my favorite aunts, I had two favorite aunts. I had Ampula and Aunt Betty. So Ampula, her birthday was today. And I love this, just thinking about the new moon in Aries, or you could just say um, an, a Scorpio sun, but obviously she did not have a Scorpio sun. You would say, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know what the right course of action is. She'd say, hide and watch. <laughs> that is He'll great. Be- Bless her heart. Oh, now.
them's fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> well, watch for that as Mars travels to the end of Gemini this week. We will see a lot of fighting words. Thank you, everybody, for the time you have spent with us. Off the Charts, a stellar newscast is patron-supported, and you can become a paying member by going to ensold.substack.com. And I've already told you other ways that you can help support us, so keep those in mind. But if you do want to become a patron subscriber, there's lots of stuff behind the paywall. My co-host, Elizabeth Grace, writes a forecast every week, and you can find that at graceastrology.com. She's been doing it for over a decade. 14 years. Yeah. So you can subscribe to her forecast by going to graceastrology.com. I'm Whitney McKnight, publisher of this Ensouled Universe, and you can go to my website, ensouledastrology.com, if you'd like to learn more about me. So that's it for episode 29. Until next time, keep hope in your heart and look up look at the stars. And that's it. We'll see you next time. Bye.